This is episode 141, Neurodiversity. Hello and welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Maria. And here's our podcast. It's for the realistic SLP. Who's drinking wine midday? How you doing? I'm doing great, but I have water. Just want to specify. So, <laughs> I have but wine. cheers to that. I have um, Rosato um, Marche. It's a DeAngelis Rosé wine. It's from Italy. It's uh, it's yummy. I vote drink it. And I have paired that with some provolone cheese. And it's uh. It's a nice pairing for, it's five o'clock. It's, it could be wine time. Absolutely. It's a Saturday, five o'clock, nice yeah. spring day. I see you getting some nice natural light into your living room, Deb. Yeah, this is the best time of day for my living room because uh, it's, I have a west facing window. So the sun sets and it's very bright. Yeah. Yes. So a bright, beautiful, breezy environment goes very well with your wine and provolone cheese. It's describe again, the type of wine. I just want to be here in spirit because I'm sitting here with water. So it is a rosé and there's a pretty Ooh. little rose drawing on the front. It's a, a very smooth wine. Deb's drinking from the mm-hmm. bottle. There we go. Just- I'm just taking a sip from the bottom. <laughs> Why not um, save glasses? Yeah. Um, and it's uh it's good, it's nice, it's smooth. It was uh fourteen dollars, which is uh, <laughs> right up my alley. Well, I'm bringing it back to episode I want to say 93 wine 101. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Listen back to that episode where we had wine and connoisseurs on our show, right? Mm-hmm. Someone's getting their PD in wine. And the other one was a chemist. And they said that you do not need to spend more than $20 for a good bottle of wine. And that remained with me to this day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've, I don't know how many bottles of wine that I've had that is more than $20, to be honest. I was like, all right, so I've been doing the right thing all along. Yeah. I go right to that table where it's like featured discounted wines. That's where I go. Oh, really? Yeah. In the front, there's always like a table, like wines under 20 or wines under 15. I'm familiar. Yeah, I I am familiar with wine shops. Thank you, Deb. Well, I don't know if you have a discount table at your wine store. (laughs) Yes, of course. Indeed, I do. I do. When I go and to purchase wine for myself, however, I do enjoy a um, Sauvignon Blanc. Mm hmm usually from somewhere like New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are some good ones out there, but you're having rosé. Perfect. Yeah, I do gravitate towards rosé and Prosecco. Those seem to be my two mains. And then I'll go Pinot Noir. Um, if I'm shopping for myself and my husband, though, I'll get Montepulciano because that's what he likes. And I'm actually impartial. I'm, I'm very easy to please, which I'm going to start making um people's lives more difficult i decided <laughs> why don't do you know don't do that to me if you want to do that to mike yeah you can but not to me i like I think that you're I've just easy been too easy on everyone and, and now everyone <laughs> just expects me to be fancy free and easy so now i'm gonna start having opinions about food and drink even if i don't really have one i'm just gonna formulate one on the spot <laughs> Just to have one Mm -hmm. because you don't want to just go with the flow anymore. You're like, you know what? I just want to have. Yeah. From going with the flow. (laughs) Yes. I'm retired from going with the flow. (laughs) Was that like a job? And now you're getting like the benefits from it. I, I want the benefits of people who are difficult. Like when people are difficult, everyone like goes out of their way to please them. Mm. And when you're easygoing, like me, people don't like consider you as much so now i'm gonna just start raising hell and i think it's fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah see isn't that fun we're having fun already just talking about it i'm I'm kind of just you know whirlwinding right now i'm like why have i been so easy going my whole life yeah there's no reason 
Yeah. We we need to make up for lost time is That's what right. I say. How about that? Yeah. Next time I can't <laughs> wait for Mike to ask me what I want for dinner. So I can't wait to be asked. What do I want to watch tonight on Netflix? All right. Yes. I will make this come up with something good. Yes. Do you have any um, movie recommendations? Speaking of, Uh, you know, I don't actually, I've been watching a lot of Encanto. I like Encanto. Did you watch it? I did not. Oh, so you should watch Encanto. I'm a big fan. Next up, I chat with our good friend, Serena from PlaySpark. He likes to talk. So what would you like to say to our guests this evening? Oh, my. I feel the same way. Oh, yes. And what else, Benjamin? Anything else? Uh, oh, very good. Oh, I agree. I love it. And I really feel like he's right about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of good points. Yeah. My baby is trying to talk and she's actually annoying. Panda, stop it. Come get a treat. I love Panda. Panda is oh my, my favorite animal and seems like just a goofy dog, which is my favorite type. Yes, she is. She might not be smart. I'm not sure. <laughs> Unlike Benjamin, who we can clearly see as a genius, Tanda mm-hmm. is challenging me in ways that, that make me think maybe she's not. Well, you know what? We all have something to offer. Is that Stella and Chewy? Yeah. Well, yes. is it? It's it's this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I know that bag. Don't you worry. Um, that's what These my dogs what, eat and my son. They're good. They're actually good for humans. I've tried one. I mean, I sure hope because Benjamin eats a tremendous amount of dog food. It is alarming. It's okay. Are you sure? I think so. I think it's all right. I mean, I feel like as long as it's Panda, come eat this treat right here. Come and get this right now and put it in your pie hole. We're doing the opposite of speech therapy. You shh, shh, quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all important. So, uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb, and tonight I am joined by Serena uh, Murison. I never, I always want to say Morrison, but honestly, yeah, like Jim Morrison, Serena. I mean, you two probably have a lot in common. You're both I think like rock stars. So, mm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm drinking a Conehead India Pale Ale. Um, from Zero Gravity Craft Brewer, Brewery in Burlington, Vermont. Um, I vote drink it. It's pretty good. And I, I like it. How about you? I don't know what I'm drinking because I've already walked upstairs and I didn't check Fine. the bottle, but I know the year is 2017 and it's a Pinot. Ah, ah pre-COVID wine. A pre-COVID wine that... Uh, someone brought over and meant to take home but I say if you've left it to, at the house for more than two yeah. weeks it's now mine oh two weeks two days two two hours two I would drink it that night I would <laughs> I considered it the day after and I said what if she comes back and wants her bottle uh-huh up oh, oh our, he's upset. our host would like to remain but he's getting uh, ejected by his father oh no well. he's doing the hold his breath cry <gasps> you know that you know what that means tired or upset or what what do you think I think it means that you've done something terribly wrong and it's probably gonna <laughs> it's probably gonna impact him for life for, for a life minimum yeah entire I think so. lifetime yeah yeah um that that makes sense that I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that um I actually though don't have a tremendous amount of that type mom guilt where I'm like am I traumatizing my child you know um, you're not I sure hope not. I do let him sleep in bed with us a lot. Absolutely. And anyone yeah. who says they don't, they're lying. They probably are because they feel you like you have that's to be like, lying. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's a dream because we're all sleeping well. <laughs> like I, I don't mean, I don't believe anyone who says that. They're not. Mm-hmm. The baby likes to be with the family. Right. Like if we didn't live in a house and like we lived in a cave, 
Like we all be in that he, bed together. We'd be huddling. Why yeah. would we put some, that baby somewhere else? We wouldn't. We'd be worried that a saber toothed tiger would come and eat him. It feels very right to have everyone in the same bed. And I won't stand for the judgment. Yeah. You hear that Ooh. listeners? Okay, guys, everyone listen. <laughs> Stop judging co-sleeping. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and I think that the people who are very anti-co-sleeping are those who are either afraid because of all the people who have spoken about like the risks involved Yeah. because, so that's the reason one and reason two, the people who speak about all of the risks involved are those who make money off people who don't co-sleep. They sell their like workshops. There's snooze that are, that are like, yes thousands of dollars 1400 I think 1400 for four months of their life then they're no longer it's it's ridiculous really a lot of physical therapists don't like the snoo I think most therapists don't like the snoo from what I've understood what I understand is that the OTs and the PTs are are anti-snoo yeah I'm anti-snoo I had a snoo really I did I got a free snoo so what? How yeah, did you get a free snoo? Well, I'll tell you how I got a free snoo. So I, as a new mom, and I had a friend who was also a recent new mom said that like she, you know, they had perfect sleep because they had this wonderful machine called the snoo. And I'm all like, if there is a perfect machine for my kid, he deserves it. And that's like the mentality yes. I have, which maybe is a sick one. Um, I'm like, whatever the price is, if that's what we need, that's what we get. So I was like, I want to snoo. I'm doing teletherapy. It's peak pandemic. I'm pregnant. I'm seeing this kid who has a younger brother who is now aging out of his snoo. So um, they asked me if I wanted it. Then I got COVID, so I couldn't go get it. I task rabbited it. $75, not bad. This guy picked it up from Chelsea, brought it to my apartment in South Brooklyn, and uh, I had myself a free snoo. So we used it, but then I didn't turn it on because I felt weird about the rocking. And then one night I was like, all right, the baby's in there. I'm going to put the snoo on and it's very gentle and it senses whatever is happening. I'm going to go take a shower. Mike, watch the baby should something happen. And the snoo is like senses, like if the baby wakes up, it like rocks more. So I'm in the shower and Mike busts in the bathroom. Like, do you know how fast that thing is rocking the baby? Cause I guess it goes to like warp speed when, um, the baby fusses. So I was like, turn it off, take it out, <laughs> like dripping wet, screaming. And that was the end of the snoo. So, so I- it rocked really fast or it just seemed like it was rocking really fast. I think it rocks and I'm like a, it was like the Gravitron in there. That was a fast rock. I don't know. It's supposed to do that though, I guess, because that, and I even had it on like a low setting. Um, And it comes, it gradually increases as it like can hear the baby awake and fuss. So I let it be and I went into the shower. He freaked out. I don't know if he had even seen (laughs) any baseline of (laughs) shake. I don't know what his baseline was. <laughs> so he freaked out. I freaked out. And then I went on the great snoo exchange on Facebook. There's a big snoo group. There's a group for everything on Facebook. Everything. Yeah. We'll talk about that next. But um, so I went on there and I was like, $500. Who wants this snoo? And I'm like, it's out of warranty. I'm the third user whatever. Nobody wanted it. Five. I'm like $300. I'm like free freaking snoo pay for the, I want it out. So I gave it away to somebody who loved it. And you know what? That just shows us, which I guess is a good segue to what I want to talk to you about is okay. that everyone is different mm-hmm. and everyone has different needs. And it is every single thing should be on an individualized basis. Oh my God. I agree. Yeah. Like this is something I want to talk to you about because recently Mm -hmm. you posted a series of stories that I believe should have been reels because you were speaking. I can't figure out 
the freaking reels, but thank you. <laughs> you were speaking about something that I feel like more, more people than your story viewers needed to hear, which is that, uh-huh. and I'm just going to say like, I myself included post videos that get a lot of traction because they are so black and white. Yeah. But the thing is that if you're, if you're a therapist, you cannot think the way that, that these videos that are like 15 seconds long, 15 like I'll seconds. state an, I stated an opinion. It's a strong opinion. It, t- it took me 15 seconds to spill it out, but then you can't say like, oh, this must apply to every, every, every case. Oh, yeah. To every Don't case. Don't worry about that. Well, you were talking about how in general. I don't know if you know which stories I'm referring to, but you're talking about in general, there are like practices that we could avoid because they're not, they're not necessarily the best practices that there's communities who have spoken out against them. Um, but you know, in every case is different and you have to consider the individual that you're treating and you said it in a really, really perfect way that I completely agreed with. And I don't know if I even messaged you, but I wanted to say like, yes, exactly. Cause I get a lot of hate now on the internet. Well, that's okay. Well, don't worry about the hate because I think what you're doing is you're bringing to light something very important. And what I like to tell people is that you need to do what makes sense, sense in terms of like common sense and sense in terms of physically. And I was rushed because when people ask you the questions, you get, you don't get as many slides as you want to answer the questions. It stops you at one slide. Yeah. Whereas I could speak freely, go for four slides and probably like figure out my thought, but I knew what I wanted to say. And under the pressure of the time limit (laughs) and the sensory stimulation in my environment, I was struggling to answer a question that I knew the answer to. So I was saying like, my senses are impacting my ability to communicate. I know. And I I loved when you said that because you were overwhelmed. You were overstimulated. (laughs) I was, I was like, I can't fucking focus because the Alexa is reminding me the one time I tell her to remind me something it's mid answer. Um, so I was losing my mind, but yeah, so I guess like what I want to say is that we as clinicians need to be cognitively flexible. Yes. And we need to be sure that we are flexible in our thinking and not thinking like any blanket blanket statement is something that we should live by. Now that goes for our autistic population. They are going to have different needs than those who we might say are quote unquote neurotypical, which at this point is like, I don't know who's neurotypical because I don't even Mm. know who I'm around on a daily basis. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like it's like 50, 50 at this. Point. I don't know. Like, I'm confused, but, um, yeah. So I feel like for instance, it's, yeah, it's difficult to talk about this without talking in circles. I have a yeah. student who is, uh, not neurotypical and we're working on speech and we have our speech goals. And then the classroom has their classroom goals and the school has their school goals. And it's mm-hmm. difficult. Sometimes the lines between these goals get muddy. Yes. And it became paramount that this kid wear his jacket. Okay. And I was like, okay, so that's a transition. I'm here at the time in which the jacket must go on. It's cold outside. Logically, we must put on the jacket. Therefore, we can go outside. Jacket outside makes sense to me. I believe it or not. I'm likely neurotypical, I think. <laughs> um, but he didn't want, he said he can't want it. And I'm like, he can't want it. He can't, okay. he can't That's want, the, he can't want the jacket. So he probably can't, he can't want it. So I started to be like, you know what? Maybe he really can't want this jacket. And I'm like also doing baby led feeding with my baby. And you have to teach these kids to listen to their body when they're full, when they want more, when they like it, when they don't, you can't. So I'm like, I'm teaching my baby to listen to his body. Why am I forcing this kid to wear a jacket? I know there's sensory differences. I got all this information in my head and it's just twirling, twirling, twirling. And I need, I need to be cognitively flexible because me as an individual would be like, everyone's putting on their coat. You have to put on your coat. We all are doing the same thing. And I like, you know, everyone to do the thing we're supposed to do, but that's not my job. My job is to help this kid communicate. And if he's telling me he can't want it, then that is the objective that I 
need to seek to accomplish. So we will just have to carry the coat. And if we are freezing outside, we will be like, the solution is to put the coat on. Yes. And truly how cold is it outside? Right. And how cold is this to me is not as cold as it is to you. Like, honestly, it like there's, this is what I've been coaching some families on specifically about this like gray area of like, yes, we really do need to wear shoes in the parking lot because this parking lot is a public space and there really are sharp objects that they could step on in the parking lot. It's really non-negotiable about the shoes, Mm -hmm. the the type of shoes we can discuss, like what kind of shoes can we get to get into the Walmart, you know, Mm -hmm. safely, we got to wear shoes, but which kind of shoes, but then it's like temperature, you know, the jacket, there's so many situations where it's like, is this actually a safety concern? Like, is it that right. cold that he needs to absolutely wear this jacket or he will have some health problems if we don't get this jacket on? And I think that we often will say like, you know, but eventually it could be that cold. It's like, but that will, when it is that cold, we'll put the jacket on and he might have to be really unhappy. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, we might yeah. need to get a some jacket practice, but I feel like in a lot of cases we're forcing kids to wear their jackets and they're really uncomfortable in their jackets and they don't need it. Yeah. I mean, I don't even like to wear a jacket. Half the time I don't want to wear a jacket. No, so I, especially don't. if I'm outside, you know, stimming, right. I'm like I'm, yeah. I'm getting warm. How am I supposed to chase all these kids? If I got this restrictive jacket on? Yeah. It totally depends on the jacket too. Like, you know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of things that you maybe can't, you can't want. I can't want it. And, and I want to say that I like that phrase. I do too. I was like, you know what? Nothing made more sense to me today, except the fact that you can't want this jacket. Because <laughs> I have situations where I like, I know you want me to want it, but I cannot want this. I cannot like, want it. It's yeah. not something I can want. I yeah. don't want to wear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then there's this other component that we need to think about, and that's executive functioning. And that is involved in all of these friends of ours. So it's very difficult for us to make decisions in an environment that is not the same environment in which we will be in in the future. So you're mm-hmm. telling me I need to wear a jacket now when I'm in an environment that does not require a jacket. And you are talking about some like futuristic, theoretical future yeah. environment in which we have jacket- to practice this. Because there's going to be a situation where, I mean, it's so abstract and hard to grasp, especially when the jacket feels like shit on your body. Yeah. Or it's like, eventually I'm going to need this horrible thing to cloak me. Like I don't want it. I won't want it then. Um, And now I'm going to dread the day I need the jacket. Yeah. Now I'm scared of whatever this (laughs) future day is where (laughs) I'm like actually going to need this. Um, The jacket thing is actually so common too. But it's not just jacket, it's jacket, it's shoes, it's, you know, tons of uncomfortable situations that we're putting kids in because they have to, they have to fit this, like everyone's wearing the jacket, so you have to too. And then other kids might not want to wear their jackets. It's like, fine, don't, let them all take them off. Let's just, let's just, whatever you want to do. Right. So it's important to take into consideration, like a quote that I love, I'm like a refrigerator magnet, but it's like your ego is not your amigo. So just because you're an adult (laughs) and that there are rules, you need to let go of your ego trying to make people wear jackets that they can't want to wear. Oh yeah. I really like that. Yeah. And you can carry the jacket with you. And then when you see the kid shivering and he's like uncomfortable, we could be like, Oh, the reason why we feel like this is because we are very cold and I have this jacket. And if you put it on, you might feel warm. And if you don't like it, we can take it right off again. Yeah. But let's give it a try. I have a jacket on and then we can do the jacket at that point. But honestly, in those situations, they might be more willing to put the jacket on because it, because it's really a lesser of two evils. The cold is worse than the jacket. And when that day comes and it's that cold, they might actually want to put it on. Maybe. Yeah. Instead of traumatizing them in many days in which they don't need the jacket. Yeah. Um, exactly. And in an environment outside of which the jacket would be necessary. I really um, like that story. Yeah. So that's my jacket story. Um, I love it. And, and uh, uh, so that's one example of how we need to, so that's the, that's the, this is the group word that Serena's chatting about. I want to talk about the other groups now. Now, very many people, are like, oh no, I can't do treats. I can't do schedules. I can't do if then my whole life is now turned upside down. 
No, you're girl. shaming me. You're shaming, you're shaming me. me. No one's shaming you. We're just saying that like, not everyone would benefit from that. But I like to talk about little Maria and we all know Maria. She's on the podcast. She's not here right now because she's doing something else. And every time I get Maria to do something, I can be, if I can have a reward involved, Maria's down. Yes. Maria loves a gold star. She wants it. She wants an A. She wants a star. She wants, she will do whatever you want. As long as she is going to get a paycheck, a reward, uh, something that says she did well. And, um, and she wants to know like what's expected of her and what she will get as a result. There's many different types of motivation. And sometimes motivation is led by an end result. And will I be motivated to complete this task based on the reward of the task itself, because it's intrinsically motivating or the end reward I will get, I'll get a trophy for running this marathon. I will get an award for eating all of these hot dogs. Like I will be employee of the month. My name will be on the wall. There are like, people are at, at times motivated by external rewards, but and everyone you know what? is different. I really think that if you are cognitively able to understand that this reward is completely unrelated to what we right. were working on, but but there are some kids who are not on that cognition level yet. So when we're start, when we start, like I would recommend starting without the extrinsic reward. And you know, Deb, I have been using your books since you first put them out, and I've always Thank used you. them. And I, t- I way back before I was PlaySpark, I would message you and say, like, I love using your books because the kids are really motivated to complete the pages. They like to do it. It's yeah. fun for them. And we don't have a prize or anything at the end. It's yeah, just no. that the pages are rewarding and they're fun. And we always have fun filling them out together. But for some of my kids, if I had told them, like, you finished this page and we go to the prize box, they get really attached to the prize box and really lose connection to the thing that we're working on and bonding mm-hmm. over. And it becomes way less exciting because there's something even better, like the iPad or yeah. a prize box or something that's completely unrelated but it is very distracting because we want it so badly. And yes, they'll complete the task to get it. But I feel like we do want to make sure that the kids are, are, if they are little Maria's and they know that it's unrelated, but it's, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It really has to, it is like, it is about the kids specifically. And I have some kids who are not able to, to handle extrinsic rewards yet. I think that as they get older and have stronger receptive language and start to understand what I mean when I say like, when we're finished with this, we can get this for all of your hard work versus and understanding what is hard work and how I, I worked mm-hmm. hard. This is why I know I did a good job. Cause if we use treats, you know, I think that sometimes we're using treats way too much. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't give out even a holiday card. I know you don't. <laughs> I don't even, not even. I know a, you not, don't have a prize. I know you don't. I don't. I did have a prize. When I was full-time in a school, I think 2018, I was in my prime. I think I was the most excellent speech therapist. <laughs> That's when you were doing time. the slime stuff. That's the when you slime, were like. Yeah, you were, that was. I, I remember I everything. Leak. I had a prize wheel. I put, That's when you I were put, dressing up as a unicorn. You had different colored hair yes. all the time. You were on, you were on I was. It. You were I was in your prime. amazing. I was doing race to 100. I did prizes that you had to do a hundred things for me before you got a prize. And then I had the audacity. I remember your kids put bad prizes on there. (laughs) I know. It was so funny. Oh my God. It was the funniest. I put toothbrushes on there (laughs) spin a wheel and they'd get toothbrush and they're like, I remember that so well. But see, you know, what's so crazy about that though, is even that is intrinsic motive motivation because of how funny it was (laughs) and how, how it was hilarious that you had the, the spinning wheel. They didn't know what they were going to get. They almost no. never got prizes from you. No. <laughs> and so it was really fun to watch that because yeah. the, also all of your students who, who were participating in that at that time really were verbal. They were, they were, yes, I was in a charter elementary school, general education. This was a very difficult school. And I feel like my caseload was so large because the curriculum was quite difficult. So anybody yeah. who had any sort of, they like, were, you had learning, every kind of kid. I did. 
I really did. So that's when was... you guys were doing the poetry units. Oh, you yeah. Were doing, like you were doing really, really advanced stuff. And I think those oh, yeah. kids are way safer with extrinsic Different. rewards Absolutely. than the kids that I'm seeing often who I'm, they are not mm-hmm. ready for it. Like they, maybe no. they will be one day, but they're not ready for it yet. Yeah. Absolutely. So there we go. Another individualized, when you are in settings, you have to take into consideration the population. So like Serena at this point is just advocating for a population that's been like grossly misunderstood for a very long time. And this particular population, which is like non-speaking AAC using autistic kids, are so receptive to token boards and extrinsic motivation because it's obvious and they get it immediately, but they often like the progress that you're going to be seeing can be really broad. It doesn't really carry over. This is what we learned in DIR floor time certification, which I Mm -hmm. loved so much, which was like, like a complex analysis of the progress that you're seeing. So like, Mm -hmm. is the progress, like if it's, if it's progress that we can note, like the data shows that they're making significant progress in these areas, but in like other contexts that aren't on the worksheets or aren't at table time, like, are they using these same, like those just salt language processors? Like, what are we seeing like outside of the table when they're not, when there's no progress? Are these things being generalized to their spontaneous conversational speech? And for a lot of kids, it's not because they, because they're so dependent on the routine and the routine is so reliable in therapy settings and they're getting ABA, you know, six times a week, they're getting a speech therapist who's practicing, you know, pretty similar behaviorism. And then when they go into like a classroom, that's not ABA, they're really dysregulated and things are like, it's all over the place because they're used to a certain way. And they don't have those like core language skills yet where they can really function in play and function in like, like you were saying, flexible thinking, all of these things don't really usually come from giving these rewards. So that's really what I'm usually talking about is like, can we get to the, the bond between the kid first before we start to offer treats? Yeah. Right. And then another, so, so this is a great thing that you bring up is how the, it's very difficult. It's easy to understand action, treat, action, treat, action, treat. It's difficult to understand action and disassociate that from the treat. So Mm -hmm. it's, this is a bad example, but this is the example I can give you when you're training a dog, you're not supposed to give them a treat for having gone to the bathroom in the correct place, because all they see is action treat. And they will then go to the bathroom in the wrong place because they associate bathroom Peeing with, with the treat. treat. So they don't understand the relationship between why they got the treat. I was talking to Rachel Maddle and she was saying um, something similar to what Jesse Ginsburg always says. It's impossible for a child to not be motivated. They're motivated by something. You have to find out what it is. You can't say they're motivated by nothing. So Rachel was like, what are they motivated by? Anything? Skittles. And then in our episode, Maria's like, okay, well, I can't tell the teacher to give this kid Skittles every time Mm -hmm. they're using their AAC device. But that wasn't the point. The point is if you're teaching them how to use AAC, then, and they love Skittles, then teach them how to access the button that is directly related to Skittles. Yes. Or do a Skittles activity where, you know, you have like, you know, it's all about the Skittles and we're talking about the Skittles and I'm eating Skittles and you're eating Skittles, but you don't have to say something to get the Skittle. No, because that's that's different. That's not, it is. And like the great thing, yeah, Jesse's class, uh, her sort of her sensory certification. I took that. I feel like I've taken so many courses since PlaySpark started because I don't want to talk about shit that I don't understand. So right. I'm like, okay, I'll take this course. I'll take this course. And the more courses that I take on these topics, the more I realize that every positive reinforcement can be integrated into your therapy activities. So you don't yeah. really, I mean, if you love Skittles, like there's no harm in bringing out the Skittles. There's no harm in bringing out anything that we, that we love. It's just that when we separate, like do this and get this get instead skittle. of like, but if it's, it's like read totally a book different. and get a skittle, that is not what, like, I know that's the book has nothing, but what about if it was a book about skittles? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then, <laughs> then yeah, maybe reading skittles every time. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a book about skittles then fine. We can have some skittles after. Um, yeah. yeah. So we want to make sure that our reinforcement is the re- direct result of what is being communicated at that moment, moment of time and mm-hmm. not an external reward that is completely unassociated with. So we've brought up to recap, 
we first talked about an individual who is not neurotypical, who has sensory differences, who cannot be forced to wear a jacket despite the classroom rules. We had to take into consideration his sensory profile. We next talked about little Maria, who is a semi-neurotypical individual, you know, has issues, <laughs> has issues with punctuality <laughs> and um, <laughs> comprehending um, directions that are complex and long. You have to break things down for Maria. It's a short, explicit utterances. You can't overwhelm her. But she wants an A. She is very goal oriented. So she is she wants her gold star. She wants to be rewarded. Maria's like, somebody wants to put an ad on the show. How much money are they going to give us? Like, that's what she she's going to be like. You want me to do a job? Will it go to my mortgage this month? Like, that is how <laughs> she is. Like, she is motivated by a reward. And that's good. That's why she is financially much better off than I am. So, and I am. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with that. It's who somebody is. We then talked about an individual who is non-speaking, utilizing an AAC device, who is in love with Skittles. So now we are going to teach them to use that device by requesting Skittles specifically, not using it to label pictured actions and then getting Skittles as a reward because they're not going to associate they're not going to learn and generalize what you've done. They're just going to hit buttons that you want them to hit so that they can get the Skittle that they want. Perhaps. Completely. I don't know. Everyone's perfect different. recap. Perfect recap. And now the next person that I want to talk about is somebody who is just, well, what I want to talk about is that like, so we as speech therapists, have a disadvantage that a disadvantage that ABA people have an advantage of, which is something that a, a failed actor told me who was an ABA technician. <laughs> and he was like, the reason why so many speech pathologists feel lost and burnt out and overwhelmed is because there is no recipe to speech therapy like there is for ABA. And this was when mm -hmm. APA was like popular and you can say stuff like this. And it was like, everyone wanted ABA and mm -hmm. it was like, so results um, focused. And he was like, I feel confident in my job because I have a recipe on what to do. And then I was like, shit, I don't, maybe that is why I feel like, you know, I don't have I, like, I'm not always, this is not 2018 when I was on top of my game. This was like 2013 <laughs> when I was a little bit unsure. Um, but no, I was still doing fine. But um, yeah, so he said that to me and then I was like, oh, okay. So like, maybe that is the problem with speech pathology is that we don't have a recipe. But no, that's not the problem because we need to approach everybody on an individual basis. And if we realize that we can go in there and just use our body and our brains and a couple pictures that we either drew or, or have with us or whatever motivates you, like the pictures that I draw motivate me. I know how to like play with those and work with them. Whatever you feel like you can play with and involve somebody else would be good too. Yeah. But and that's actually yourself. super important is that as therapists, if you're not having fun, it's, mm -hmm. you're not, you're, you have to find like kids aren't going to like the reason that they love your coloring books when we do them, when I do them and when you do them is because we like doing we them and yeah. they're, they're fun for me. And I'm trying to share something that I think are fun that I think's fun. Yeah. And I think you're going to think it's fun too. But if I was like, this is a chore for me, it's also a chore for you. They can, they, kids are like immediately aware of that. And it makes yeah. us not have as much fun in therapy too. Exactly. So, I mean, you yeah. have to find, that's why a lot of times when people are like, I need toy recommendations. I get so many questions in my DMs yeah. every day, like toy, I'm like, what toys do you like to play with? You should yeah. bring those. Like, do you like to do magnet tiles? Like it really depends on if you're having great fun with those. But toys every school and house like has toys. And if they don't, then why are you bringing toys to a kid who's never got yeah, toys except when you're there, never bring toys in when you're doing home therapy, bring what don't bring anything. Yeah. Um, I don't, 
Like I, the only things I honestly bring in, I'm not just saying this to plug your books is that I bring in, I have a whole color, you know, I have that binder. It's like, it says like the color in speech binder. And I bring yeah. that binder in because I have copies of all the pages and I'll bring yeah. cop and I'll like leave the copies and we can put them on the fridge, mm-hmm. but I don't bring in any toys and homes at all. Yeah, because... me neither. And I just bring my books with me and I'm like, what can I get you to do? And then I'll I bring books. Increases. I'll bring the coloring book yeah. or I'll bring actual picture books that yeah. we can look through that. I'm like, I feel like this book is really, if it's a book that I can even leave with the family, if it's like a paper book, I'll leave it for a week and pick it up the next week so they can read yeah. it that week. But um, nothing else. Yeah. And that's because I can't be carrying everything. We want, you know, to elicit language with things that the child has access to. We don't want to like bring in things that are outside of their element. So then, so what I wanted to say then was it's important to understand that like you are a great tool and using yourself and your brain and your body and your excitement and your joy is what's going to get the most robust expressive language sample from an individual. So like my friend with the coat, you know, didn't want to do whatever the class was doing. And Mm -hmm. he also was mad at me because I was trying to be like, come sit with us. (laughs) He didn't want to do. So then I had to, so then I sat in a chair in front of him and then he kicked it away and then I fell down and he thought that was hysterical. That is hysterical. Right? Yeah. Cause he was trying to get rid of me and I was like, you just wait. <laughs> wait till you see how I fall off this chair. Right. So then I got up and then I fell off the chair again and then he laughed and I'm like, I got him. Got him. And now I'm like, I'm going to sit in this chair and not fall off. And I'm going to wait until he says like, like until he indicates to me, he wants me to fall down again, like whether it's a grunt or a push or something. And I'm going to be like, oh, fall down. You want me to fall down, fall down. And then I'm going to yes. just plug this key phrase, fall down. And then I'm going to fall down and then I'm going to sit down again. I'm going to fall yes. down and say, and I'm going to keep doing it. And then I'm going to stop. And then I'm going to wait for him to say, fall down, fall down. <laughs> and I'm going to fall. And then I'm going to stay know down. And then he's going to be like, get up because <laughs> you need to You know fall what? That's so again. funny that you said that because when you're doing ADOS, like when you're diagnosing for autism, like shared enjoyment is one of the high, the highest points that you're looking for. And, mm-hmm. you know, the test is designed to not initiate like that. So that kids, it, like the deficit of shared enjoyment is like very obvious because they might not initiate that they really like watching you fall down. It might take a few times, might take one giggle, but will they ask for it a second time? Probably not until you do it multiple times. Yeah. But that's the thing is that like in therapy, if you can lock into a shared enjoyment, like you just un, you just unhinged or unlocked a huge part of social bond of social bonding that like will last way longer than any toy you could have ever brought because you're funny. You are funny. Yeah. And then ever since that time, I can get him to come to a table, sit down because exactly because he he trusts you. You're a funny friend and you're his friend now versus like you, you are a person who carries something that's like, you have something that he wants, but you are the person that he wants to see now because you bonded with him. Right. And I'll do crazy things like that. I'll roll around on the floor. And like the director was like, Oh, it looked like you really tested your flexibility today. I was like, not my physical flexibility. (laughs) I could do way more than that. My (laughs) cognitive for sure, because I needed to surrender to that, which was outside of my control. I needed to let go of the idea that he needed to do circle time because it wasn't happening. And my Mm -hmm. job is not to make him compliant. My job is to make him speak. Maybe the teachers wish that he was sitting there, but that's not really my job. And those lines get muddy. Oh my God. It's so true because we end up conflating our jobs with like, we want them to be functional in class. Like we want them to have this great ability to like group with the class. And that can't happen though, until these other skills, which is like social bonding and, and actually communicate, like it might be that he's on social time. I mean, circle time for like the next year, but the more connected he becomes with you, then that can carry over to connections with other people. The more connected he is with his peers, the more likely he is to eventually join exactly. some, like the circle time. But it takes so much time. time. It takes time. If, if and you I don't had, always uh, use rewards. I had some other choices there. I could have been like, no, you have to and been rigid and made him do it. I could have been something he loves. Yeah. Hold something that he loves. Take it away. I could have give me the baby. Give me this baby. Come to your mother. Come here. Come to mommy. Oh you my tired? God. Um, I, I bet he is tired. Yes. Now he, cause he just did all that playing with daddy while we were podcasting. 
So I could have made, come here to the mommy. Oh, he's so fast. I could have made the choice to be like, I could have made the choice to be oh, like Benjamin. Oh, Benjamin. I could have made the choice to be like, um, eat a crayon. Um, <laughs> I could have made a choice to be like, no, you have to. These are the rules. This is what everyone's doing. And I could have, I could have super nannied him. I could have physically brought him back to the spot until he was physically exhausted and then couldn't move anymore. I could have externally rewarded him and he could have been covered in stickers from head to toe. Cause every time he sat down, I gave him a dinosaur or I could have got him to use six core phrases. Benny, mommy has one Benjamin, Benjamin. <laughs> I know I could have gotten him to use six core phrases. Um, just without your boob when you're, and you always now. should. <laughs> Um, but no, <laughs> I, made, it works I made so the well. choice to just, yeah, like he thought he was going to football kick me. He had another thing coming and we just played and he said a ton and he, you know, used uh, syntactically correct sentences and functional phrases. Mm -hmm. And, and now he does very many things with me. So it really is so obvious when you let it go. Like this is like the whole it letting it, letting go of your therapy agenda, let it go. Like, obviously, what does this kid want? He wants you to be his friend and to be trustworthy. Like, how do you gain trust from any person? Like you have to meet them at their level and be trustworthy. Like you can't, yeah. it's not trustworthy when you withhold things and promise things. If you do this, you get like, that's not how right. social connection works. So why would it work with him? It just, it just doesn't work. Right. And you also need to understand though, it's not always easy. Like it's not like every, no, it's every harder. Season. It it's is honestly hard. harder. Yeah. It's harder. Like, there was a time when I got there and he was playing with Play-Doh and only gave me the tiniest piece. And I was like, <laughs> this is not fair. I need more Play-Doh. And then I was mm -hmm. like, we have to share. I divided the Play-Doh. He hated <laughs> me the rest of the day, but I was like, no. No, in those situations, is, though, if you're are, my friend, like I'm you would, friend. you would, you would you. give me half. Like, I mean, yeah. I need to play too, but that's also part of it is like, that's yeah. a social challenge. Like you have to put in the, this is the thing I think that gets really confusing. I know Mike has an interview in a minute, but the thing that gets yeah. really confusing that I never get to communicate when I'm doing really short snippets is that it's not that you are not challenging your kids. You are challenging them all the time. The challenges come up in situations like I need half the Play-Doh because you're not sharing. Like right. I need half too, because I'm playing with you and I'm not having fun. A right. kid would leave the table. Yeah, so I need to help you improve your peer relationships by teaching you how to interact with people. And I'm going to react the way an individual would react. Right, but in a safe in a way, in a safe way yes. where it's like, I need half, you're still getting half. I'm not taking it away from you, but I am no. taking half because I'm yeah. playing with you. So my, you're just yeah, gonna I have to some, take, you're gonna have I to handle that. make anything with this tiny piece that you spared me. <laughs> it's this much. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you can make a <laughs> tiny little ball. Yeah, and <laughs> then I'm done. So yeah. There are still challenges and it's actually, it's actually like constant challenges. This is the thing where it's like, I don't think that people get it when I'm saying like, the therapy is the same level of like, the kids are not always laughing and having shared enjoyment. You're not always falling down. I'm putting up challenges and walls throughout every activity to try yeah. and get you to hurdle them. I want you to hurdle them so that you can handle them right. when you're in class and someone else steals half your Play-Doh. It's really important that you gain the skill. And yeah, it's not always, we're not always laughing together, but I am trustworthy and I will always keep showing up and I'm going to keep giving, like, I'm right. going to keep giving my all to you, but it's like not all play the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's but okay. It is, but it is play the whole time. It is all play and play. Uh, is, this is what it is. Not, play it is. can have challenges. That's what I really yeah, want to say. Play sure. can be challenging. Play can be challenging. Um, tell that to my brother who used to throw the Uno cards all over the. Oh my God. My brother almost killed me once with pickup <laughs> sticks. I swear to God, I was almost, I was almost on my deathbed. Yeah. We talk about it to this day. Who <laughs> so, I'm like 99% sure is autistic and he is pretty sure too, but yeah. oh my God, that dude almost got me. Yeah. Well, play it was hard. almost the end of me. Play is challenging. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, also really fun. It is. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. So so um, I'm so glad that you reminded me we're, we were doing this episode this evening. I'm so glad too. Yes. Um, and now you get to go be a mom. 
Yeah, we're gonna do bath time, or maybe you're just gonna fall. Kylie asleep. just yeah. texted me a video of her new baby drinking, Ow. drinking some milk, and oh. Kylie got those new loop earplugs, you know, that like take the decibel of the screaming level like to half. Uh huh. And she's like, "Wow, these really, <laughs> really, really work, especially in the middle of the night. You know, those midnight screams." I don't know. I did not have any screams. Is that crazy? Well, actually it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any screams. I didn't like, I don't, I mean, you just heard crying now, but that's because he was mad. He was, well, like, she's only a few days old. I yeah, think she's yeah. just trying to figure out this boob thing. Yeah. I mean, and then Alex, actually though, you tell Kylie to call me anything boob related. I, I will tell her to call I you anything. boob girl. So you call me. I okay. Will. So Kylie's baby's mouth is really small and she's a tiny mouth, but Kylie's boob is really big. How do we get yeah. that baby to get that boob in there? We got to change the position of the baby and we got to check for cheek ties and lip and t- jaw tension. She's going to lactation consultant on Friday. Good. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if Kylie, I mean the lactation, Kylie's will. got this. I'm sure. Really, for sure. really. She is a very thirsty baby. Good. That's good. So is Benny. Benny lives there. Uh, you can tell that Ben has had <laughs> a few, a few bottles. He's, yeah. he's had some milk, you know, you like, do you like milk? Mm. Oh, I love him. <laughs> I love him. Back. So he's like, actually, now that you said it, <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. We do the baby signs, but, um, yes. Yeah, so thank you so much for joining me this evening. It's been a wonderful My pleasure. Chat. Um, everybody follow uh, Serena and Kylie uh, at Play Spark. Um, yes, you're just Play Spark now. At, um, We're just Play Spark now. I like that. Yep. And guys, um, I'll yeah. try to get to DMs, but if you guys are no, here I mean, and you're like, "This girl never replies," it's because honestly, sometimes I don't want to. I mean, I don't. I I think I always make it clear that's why I have a podcast. I I don't. I can't write anymore as a speech pathologist. I've had. I just writing. can't. I cannot reply to messages anymore. I'm so bad. I don't want to write anything else. That's why I have a microphone. So I'll. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Email the show if you want us to talk about anything. If you have any specific questions, I'll have Serena on any time she ever wants so she can answer all of your questions verbally. Um, Thanks, Deb. Yes. Have a great night. Thank you so much. Have fun tonight. <laughs>